Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Category Mistake. I'm your host, Richard Mariello, and yes, it has been a while since I have been on here. Um, I had a grandson born, uh, end of the school year for college. My wife also graduated from college, and so really I've just been super crazy, distracted. I wouldn't say busy, but distracted with life, so this has had to take a back burner. But today I'm going to talk about an interestingly weird, or not it's weird, interesting topic. Uh, topic is perspective. Why perspective is um, odd for me is because as a teacher, I've always tried to teach my students about perspective in the real world. Um, and in today's society, perspective seems to be something that we've lost. We've lost it mostly, I think, because we're trying to make everyone feel good, and so we don't want to hurt their feelings, so we don't speak truth, we speak what we think they want to hear. For example, for the longest time growing up, the Founding Fathers were heroes who changed the world, saved the planet, da-da-da-da-da, made us America, right? But now we have to look at them as, well, They some of them owned slaves, some of them were unfaithful to their wives, and maybe what they did wasn't the best thing. Their perspective has changed. History never has, has not changed. When I learned about the Founding Fathers in my history in high school and junior high and so on and so forth. I knew they owned slaves. I knew that they weren't great people. But I also had to take the good with the bad. What they accomplished was great. Were they great people? No. But let's be honest, how many of us are great people? I'm not a great person. I have made many, 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 many mistakes in my life. And I don't think I'm going to stop today. I mean, let's be honest. On none of a, all of us can say, oh, we're going to be better people tomorrow. You're still going to mess up. There's no one perfect. And we have to be okay with that. We can strive to be better. And that's what we're supposed to do as human beings is strive to get better and be better. But we're not going to be perfect. And if you say you're perfect, that's actually a mistake. And that means you're wrong. And so there you go. Your perfection is gone. When I talk about perspective in history and in my life, I always bring up the worst case scenario. Now, probably not the smartest thing to do, right? You don't, you shouldn't bring up the worst case scenario. But I always talk about some people in history that perspective changes. So I start with World War II. Why? Because that's the one that most people... Um, no, and most people are ticked off by what I say, so I try to get a rise out of them. So World War II. World War II, we, as the NATO forces, joined against the Axis powers of Germany and Japan, and Germany was causing death, destruction, chaos, along with the Japanese, but the Germans are the ones we really look at as the quote-unquote bad guys. Um... Even though some would say the Japanese did far worse, other than the Holocaust. But what I tell my students is I said, I say to them a lot because they always say, well, Hitler was a bad guy. 
Hitler was a bad guy because we, as the NATO forces, we as the Americans, won. If we hadn't won, would Hitler be looked at as evil? And like, well, yeah, because he did such bad things. And then I go to the Civil War. And they're like, well, no, the South was evil and the South was wrong because they were for sale slavery. I said, do you think everyone in the South was wrong? Well, they were in the South, so they were wrong. And then I explained to them, I said, but if the South would have won the Civil War, would we be learning that the South was evil? Well, they wouldn't have won. Why? Because they were bad. The bad guys don't win. And then I finally go... And I go to 9-11, which is near and dear to my heart because, you know, I'm one of the people who served in Afghanistan. Uh, And so, you know, you would think of all perspective-changing forces, Afghanistan would be one that I would be gung-ho, G.I. Joe, pro-America, pro-everything, right? It would only make sense. And I am. To a point. But I tell the kids, my students and my other people in my life, I said, what Osama bin Laden did or did not do, depending on what conspiracy you look at, was get our attention. We, as a society, we're very negative towards the Middle East. We have been my whole life and probably way before that. I mean, even... World War One. there's a movie based on it called Lawrence Arabia where we double-cross the Arab people. It's kind of like what we do. Um, as a Western European society, we like to double-cross people and tell them something and then all of a sudden, boom. We lied, sorry. So what Osama bin Laden did was horrendous. Absolutely. But the point he was trying to make was, at least in my mind, was that we as a society need need to fix the way we treat everyone. We look at him as a bad guy because what he did was bad to us. But as as a Western European country... We've done many, many, many bad things to the Arab people. And most of the time, they did nothing to deserve it other than being from Arabia. And then, I love I love people, but then you get to the people who say things that make no sense. Well, you know, if they just lived by the golden rule, they wouldn't. we wouldn't have to go and blow them up. Well, the golden rule part really drives me bananas because they like to quote Jesus. And I'm a big, big fan of Jesus. I am. I'm a big, big fan. Um, Jesus was from the Middle East. And... This golden rule they're talking about, he came up with. And if we're going to be taking out 
a person or a group of people from where he came from, we should probably understand that Jesus and people like him look like the people we say need to be more like Jesus. They're literally, they are like Jesus. We're the ones who suck at it. Because if you think about it, Jesus wasn't white, right? Jesus grew up in Nazareth, um, well, Egypt and Nazareth, which means he had very dark skin. (coughs) He also lived in a desert a lot of his life. He understood things like camels and the rules to survive in a desert between clothes to wear, attitude to have, how to drink water properly, all the stuff that we would fail at. And I say we, I wasn't very good at when I was in the Middle East. Well, I was in Afghanistan, which is not the Middle East, it's Asia. But those are things I failed at. And I don't know if anyone in this country without training could survive that area. But we're telling them how to live because that's, you know, that's what we do. We're Americans. We, we fix everyone's problem. But it's perspective. So if Osama bin Laden, instead of blowing up planes and killing lots and lots of people in hate, had just said, hey, guys, could you start treating us better? No one would have listened. If Hitler would have won the war, he would have been a hero. Let's look at it in the perspective of of the USSR and Russia. They did lots of atrocities. They killed lots of people. They won. And so, you know, their people love them. The South lost the Civil War, but if they would have won... We would have probably two United States. I actually think that we would have just kept fighting. I don't think I don't think that war was winnable by the South just because of um, just because of what was involved to actually win was kind of hardcore. Um, you couldn't just it, it was very North Korea, South Korea, West Germany, East Germany. You have people who are family members, and all of a sudden you're supposed to hate them. And that that doesn't work. I've never seen it work. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm smarter than everybody else. Maybe someone else has seen it work. But usually civil wars between countries do not work. I mean, to this day, North Korea and South Korea have issues. And I don't think those issues are going away tomorrow. They've been going on for a long time. East and West Germany lasted for a while, but they came back together because... There are so many issues. And that gets me to the the point of today. In the news today, or this year, perspectives have been lost. We have different perspectives on gender, sex, race, when life begins, when life doesn't begin, who has rights, who doesn't have rights, who exists who doesn't exist, um, what a degree is, what a degree isn't. And it's fascinating to me 
How much anger and vitriol come from a simple question of, you know, I mean, I'm already down this rabbit hole, so why not? But the question of, what is your name? It used to be just be like, hi, I'm Richard. What's your name? Now, sometimes you have to think about, okay, my name is Richard. What pronouns do I need to call you? Because I don't know what pronouns to call people. I just call them what I think they are. And most of the time, I'm right. And most of the time, it's not a problem. Maybe because the state we live in, it's not as big of a, a cons- you know, a thing as it is in other states. But I really try to think to myself, how can I, how can I look at somebody and know what they want me to do for them? And the only answer is, well, you got to ask them. I'm supposed to ask everybody what is their preferred pronouns. And that's and that's a challenge because in my perspective, you are either a man or a woman. Because genetics say that you're either a man or a woman. Now, yes, there are very rare very rare scientifically there are times when a man and or a woman have genetic anomalies anomalies there we go that make them intersex which means a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man because genetically they have issues but that is not the common like 99% of people do not have that problem. And it's struggle, it's a struggle for me because I've always grown up and lived a life where I try to in, be inclusive, um, be understanding, be respectful. And now, more times than not, I have to worry about offending people that I've never worried about before. I've never thought to myself, hmm, this person walking in today, should I ask how she is doing or is that going to offend her? I've never worried about offending somebody. Um, and, And it's not because, oh, well, I've always been politically correct. No, I'm not politically correct. But I struggle with the thought of, I'm rough around the edges. This is challenging even for me. So now my perspective is, do I even want to talk to people? Do I see things so differently that I can't function in a society of today? And this is going to be a struggle because I believe we as a society, at least in this country, uh, are not learning historically, like we used to before. I'm a big proponent of history teaching, teaching history, learning history, not repeating history. And that 
is no longer okay. I'm not a big fan of the Confederates. I'm not a big fan of the Nazis. Just in case you didn't know. I'm also not a big fan of freedoms being stopped. And while I don't always understand everything, I try to acknowledge that you have the right to be what, yeah, you have the right to say that. You have the right to be that. But now, what I feel is they have the right, someone has the right to say it, but I don't have the right to say it. I don't have the right to feel the way I want to feel because someone down the road might get hurt feelings and we don't want to do that because, you know, they're, they're sad. It's okay for me to be sad. It's okay for me to be frustrated because I am a 40-year-old white man, almost 50-year-old white man, but a 20-year-old non-binary person can call me names and make fun of me because they're underrepresented, which I've never understood because how are you underrepresented? If you are underrepresented per population, that's one thing. But Non-binary is not a population number. It's not on the census board. We can't, as a government, start counting everyone who's today non-binary because tomorrow you could be. And I know it, it sounds almost horrifying to think, but as a society, we've done things a certain way for a long time. And I know just because we've done it for a long time doesn't mean we have to continue to do it. But some of it just makes sense. Like... We count how many women there are, how many men there are, and we attach it to a census bureau, and it's pretty simple. There's no, there's not a lot of need for guessing who, you know, there's no third party candidate, okay? It has been very, very challenging to keep my thoughts ideas, my feelings in what someone would call a safe space. I know people, and this is the classic answer, I know it is, you know, when someone says, oh, I have black friends. Okay, great. Good for you. Yay. So happy for you. I know people who have changed genders. I know people who don't believe in gender gender changing. I know people who don't care if you change your gender. I know people who care a lot if you change your gender. Okay. I also know people who believe babies are babies at conception and people who believe babies are babies when they breathe for the first time. Okay. 
doesn't. See, growing up, and this is probably my, my problem, is when I was growing up, we all had people in our lives like that. It just wasn't a big deal. No one cared. And now we have to put a label on it. You have to be represented. You have to get a special gold star. And I don't know why. Why is it when there were people who are gay in the 80s, people knew they were gay. Now, there are idiots in the planet, okay? I'm, I'm not talking about them. I'm not, I'm not going to say, well, you know, in the 80s, no one was discriminated against. Well, that's a bunch of baloney, okay? We all know there are idiots out there that literally do nothing but try to pick a fight because that person looks weird. There are those people. I know that. Okay. But kind of... The idea that the general population looks at someone who is gay or trans or anything quote-unquote different hatefully is a big misconception. And I experienced this myself because I had a, a child who was around us who I think she was afraid to tell me this. And it really kind of frustrated me. Maybe it shouldn't have, but it did. It frustrated me because I've never once said it was bad. But she just assumed I thought it was bad. And I think a lot of times, at least my perspective, a lot of people struggle with telling people about who they really are because they think the person they're telling have a, has a different perspective on, on it. They never ask them. They just assume. And because of that, they they... They stress out, they hide, they don't speak, and it becomes harder for them. And then when they finally do, and I think, at least with me, when they finally do, your response is like, yeah, and the people are freaked out because they're like, wait a minute, you're not upset. I don't care. And I think this is a challenge for our world. We can have different perspectives on reality and on things and still be okay. You know, you could say, well, I believe Hitler was right. Now, I'm going to tell you that historically you're wrong. But you can believe it all you want. Absolutely, that is your that is your right. You could say, I believe until a baby takes its first bat breath, 
it's not a human being. And I will disagree with you. Absolutely. But it's your, it's your, who you are. And me telling you when you and your life inside of you exists is wrong. Now, I can try to say, you know, can we talk about it more? Can I help you understand my side? Absolutely. And that's what we used to do as a society. We would actually, you know, talk things out and, and try to learn from one another and, and perspectives and, and change ideas. And and it was great because we, we tried to help each other learn. And if you go back through history, you had people like Alexander Hamilton who... A lot of people didn't like, mostly Thomas Jefferson, but they were able to be civil to one another, civil as much as you can be, and deal with things and take care of problems. Now we don't even take care of problems. We go on a Twitter rant, we tell someone that they're mean or vile or, you know, depending on which side side you believe in, you can either be mean or vile or hate speech or all these other things. If I, if I, in my heart of hearts, which this isn't me, but to say, if, if I, in my heart of hearts, believe that homosexuality is wrong, and if you are, you're going straight to hell in handbasket, as long as I don't attack you physically or go after who you are physically, why can't I say it? If I think that until a baby is born and is breathing, then I can kill that thing as much as I want. You can't do anything about it because you don't understand. Da, 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 da. Who is who? Who gives you the right to tell me I can't? Now, I might, I'll tell you again. You're wrong, but it's your choice. I am not a big fan of abortion. I'm not a big fan of hurting people due to who they love or don't love. I don't understand it. But I'm not a big fan of attacking somebody who is it, because guess what? They're human beings. And I know I've offended some people, and I get that. But normally it's because I'm asking questions, and I think... Sometimes in the world we live in today, asking a question means you don't, you don't um, believe in it. I ask questions because I want to understand it. I still might not believe it or get behind it, but I want to know why you do. So... I was raised in a family that was very Democrat, very liberal, very um, whatever you want to say. It was very liberal, which is weird because liberals today are changed. Uh, The liberal party growing up, the Democratic Party growing up, it was very much about freedoms, not taking away people's freedoms. They can say what they want. They can do what they want. Just leave them the heck alone. Um... 
And that was kind of how I grew up. That people needed to have freedom because we're America, gosh darn it. And now it seems that, at least in my perspective, that the Democrat Liberal Party is very much, don't say those things, you'll hurt their feelings. Um, and we're, if you keep saying it, we're going to have to cancel you or suspend you or block you. Why? It used to be that people could handle it. Now, I'm sounding like an old person. Back in my day, and the big challenge I think today is social media. We have really made it challenging for people on social media. We have, you can put a tweet, Facebook post, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Discord, all these different things, right? And you can speak your mind. And no one can stop you. Well, they can. There's community guidelines because they're not, all these places are not um, run by the government, even though they get tax breaks from the government. Um, These places are private companies. So in their mind, they can do whatever the heck they want, which legally they can. I'd like it if they paid more in taxes, but we won't go there. Um, The point is growing up as a kid, if I had a problem with somebody, or even as a 20-year-old, even 30-year-old, if I had a problem with somebody, I go and address it. Hey, you suck. I don't like you. I don't that, 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 all these different, I could say pretty much whatever I wanted. Until I, you know, the sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you type deal, okay? That was the era in which I grew up. And it wasn't perfect. We were not great people. We did lots of dumb things. I'm not going to say we were perfect. But hurting each other's feelings was just a normal Tuesday. It's what we did. And no one cared. The generation today is my generation's fault. I think a lot of us grew up having our feelings hurt. And we decided that we didn't want our kids' feelings hurt, so we are going to teach them how to stand up for themselves and not take that abuse. We taught them that, you know, tell a teacher, don't let them bully you, stand up for yourself, all that garbage. I say this, Because I believe my generation is the fault of the World War II parents. Because when soldiers went to World War II, they were coming off the Great Depression. They had no money when they went to war. And really, they were dirt poor. Great Depression, all this jazz, right? When they got out of the war and they came home, they had money. But what they didn't want to do is have their kids struggle like they did. They made sure their kids went to high school, 
and then they went to college, and da 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 da. The problem with this, of course, is they were sending kids to college, like Berkeley's and colleges like that, that didn't belong in college. A lot of these kids went there and they quote-unquote protested, they tried drugs, they tried all this stuff, and basically they got a four-year degree on how to party better. And while everyone loves a good party, what happened is we have a lot of people with degrees and lifestyles that make no sense to the common person. My mother was not one of these people. She, when I was growing up, she was, she worked for the state. She drove a big old truck and she was big into the union and she was big into, you know, rights and freedoms and da, 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 da. But I knew a lot of kids whose parents were very much like the, you know, my kids have to go to college. My kids have to do this. My kids have to do that. And so they went to college again. And those kids, of course, got picked on. And those kids then raised kids who don't want to be picked on. Got it. Now, we can't fix all of this. We can't. I think we've gone down too far a rabbit hole to actually fix what's ailing our humanity. And I hate saying it because I kind of like our humanity. Um, I really do. I, I like people. I say all the time I don't like people, but I actually do like people. Um, I have great hope for our society to change. But unfortunately, what I'm realizing is the change that I want to come is not going to come the way it should. Normally in a society, change comes slowly, sometimes through war, but a lot of times it's through generations getting older, the next generation realizing the, the mistakes of their previous generation, and they fix it. Um, this was with slavery, this was with women's rights to vote, African Americans' rights to vote. Um, this all changed because time and perspective of the newer generations changed. Because I always like to bring up, you know, the women's right to vote didn't happen because of women. It happened because of their husbands. You can say all you want. Oh, well, look at these pioneer women. The women's convention in New York that happened in Seneca Falls, their, their husbands had to get out the permits for them to even have the convention. Now, I'm not saying the women didn't do great things like Elizabeth, Katie Stanton, all those lovely people. Uh, but they had to, unfortunately, get permission from the city to have an assembly. And that assembly wouldn't have happened if their husbands hadn't gotten a permit. So, like it or not, a lot of this stuff happened because of men. And I have some very strong, independent women in my life. 
And like it or not, that's the truth. When we went to the Women's Museum in Seneca Falls, there's a whole thing about the men who helped it happen. Help make it happen is true. But unfortunately, and this is a problem I have, it doesn't have to be your problem, but unfortunately the problem is we're afraid to teach that to the students of today because we need to empower the women who are there. The women who were there had lots of power. They did lots of good things. Never have I ever said that they were not powerful women. I just think that the men should get credit too for all the work they had to do to get this thing off the ground. Elizabeth Cady Stanton's husband had to apply for the permit. It didn't just happen. But I've been a history teacher for a little while, and when we get to the women's rights movement, you never hear about their husbands. And I asked one of the, and this was probably done with me, but I asked the publishing company of the book that we were using, why? And they literally said, parents would be upset if we didn't make the women the focal point. I said, the women can be the focal point, but the men did a lot of work too. And their answers surprised me. Their answer was, history doesn't care about the men. Now, when I teach the revolution, I teach about the women of the revolution, even though the books don't have it. Because the women contributed to the revolution also. And hearing that men don't matter for women's rights, when the point of it was they're trying to get men to vote in women's rights, so the men had to vote for it. If women don't have the right to vote, who's going to vote for women's rights? The men. So giving them no credit because, well, people don't want to hear about the men. Well, they should. Just like I want to hear about, you know, Nancy Hale and the revolution or Sally Field, the astronaut or Krista McAuliffe, the astronaut who was a teacher who passed away in the Challenger explosion. I want to hear about everybody who contributed to the history of where we are today and to segregate them due to their race, their gender. That's just as bad as me giving off the wrong pronoun. That's just as bad as me, you know, It's not fair to the families of the men who sacrificed so much, like their businesses, some of them their families, to do the right thing for the women that they believed were right. You know, just like George Washington sacrificed a lot for the revolution. Now we talk about, oh, well, you know, he was a rich slave owner. Yep. And how much money did he have to give away? Because he believed in this thing called America. 
he didn't understand it fully. I don't think we still do. But he was willing to sacrifice that. I will give Hamilton the musical credit for one thing. I think Hamilton the musical at least got history back in the minds of the 20-somethings in the world. I think for a little while, Revolutionary War history had become jaded and ugly because of the people who participated in it. And while Hamilton had slaves, he wasn't a big fan of slavery. George Washington had slaves. He also wasn't a big fan of slavery. He wasn't. Well, my history books, his own diaries, when he passed away, his slaves were freed. A lot of them. I think they kept on a few for his wife because she passed away after him. But we're talking minimal. And that's because he understood that it was something that was going to be going away. It wasn't going to be a permanent thing in America. Now, it took another hundred years (laughs) because we're slow. But it went away. Just like, you know, Abraham Lincoln did not want to go to war with the South. Well, he should have. They were they were owning slaves. Yep. He signed the Emancipation, which means he was against slavery. Emancipation Proclamation was to free the slaves of the South, but not the indentured servants of the North. Because we called them indentured servants in the North. We didn't call them slaves. But it basically was the same thing. And even after the war... There was indentured servants. Basically, if you owed your quote-unquote employer money for housing or for whatever else, you worked for him until your debt was paid off. That could be a long time. Like, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years. That finally went away too. But we don't look at it that way, do we? We look at it as the South was wrong, the North was right, Slavery is bad, except for when you're holding on to your iPhone or your Samsung or your MacBook or your big screen TV or driving in your car or looking at your Apple Watch. Slavery is not bad then. Slavery is okay then because, well, you know, we really need those products. Do we? Do you really need an Apple Watch? Did your life not exist for an Apple Watch? No. Our priority is to complain about the oat milk prices at Starbucks, but not about the workers' welfares at Starbucks. Our priority is to get a hashtag going of believe all women when women lie just as much as men do when it comes to attacks on the opposite sex. Men don't bring up things like attacks on them. Right now we have a big thing going on with Johnny Depp admitting he was beat up by his girlfriend. Actually, I think it was was his wife at the time. And it's a big deal because Johnny Depp, why would he admit to being beaten up by a girl? Why is it weird 
that a guy is talking about being beaten up? Why is it when he first brought this out, he wasn't believed? He wasn't believed because he was a guy. Believe all women means you can't, you have to believe all women, which means you can't believe men. You can't believe men, why? Why? Because in our society, our perspective says that all men are dirty, slimy, sexually craving animals who can't live without attacking women. I have boys. I worry about my boys. Now, thankfully, one of them is married and he's a good kid, good man. And the other one is younger and the other one's even younger. But having a boy, if he does something wrong or perceived as wrong, he's automatically going to be told he's guilty and he has to prove himself innocent. The Amber Heard trial with Johnny Depp is showing that everyone believed her. They fired Johnny Depp from everything while she kept continuing to do movies because there's no way what he's saying is true. Amber Heard's a victim. And now we're finding out that, well, that was wrong. Johnny Depp was a victim. Johnny Depp, who made Disney millions, actually billions of dollars, got fired from Pirates of the Caribbean because he supposedly hurt somebody. No trial yet, nothing else. Everything got thrown out of court, but he's guilty. And that's because our perspective has been skewed over the last 50 years. Now, in the 50s and 40s, women were attacked and beaten up, mostly by their husbands. Um, and that was not right, still isn't right. But now we've swayed so far the other way that men are being beaten up by their wives and no one cares because, well, are you sure? He's a man. But if I said the same thing about a woman, I would be gone. If I said, are you sure she was beaten up? You know, she is a woman. Just saying it makes me feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. My rant really is is just a rant. I get frustrated every day when I look around and I think to myself, how do I how do I address the world today? How do I fix what I see that is wrong with the world? And my answer used to be well, I'll just talk to people and we'll work out a, a general, you know, agree to disagree, but we'll work on it together and it'll be fine. Um, 
No problem. We're going to work it out because that's what reasonable people do. But we can't do that anymore. And I don't know if we'll ever get back to that again. But maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm more than okay with it. So it looks like I will be back onto this every week for a while. Um, my grandson is born, which is good. He was a little sick there for a while, but he's much better now. Um, and my summer has finally started. And it's going to be nice to get away. Stop stressing out about everything. So have a good day, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time.